This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Space missions to keep your eye on in 2021. How satellites built to spy on the Soviets have helped unravel environmental mysteries. Why the Dark Ages aren't considered so dark anymore. And a completely perplexing auction from David Hasselhoff and his 14-foot replica doll. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. As we look ahead at the new year, let's also look to space, where a number of planned missions promise cool things for 2021. Here are a few highlights. First, Artemis 1. So Artemis is NASA's program to return astronauts to the moon by 2024, including the first woman. And Artemis 1 will be an uncrewed Orion spacecraft traveling around the moon, reaching 450,000 kilometers from Earth, the farthest a spacecraft designed to transport humans has ever gone. It will also be launched by NASA's Space Launch System, or SLS, which will be the most powerful rocket in operation. The whole thing is a test run for how well the spacecraft will perform in deep space when it hopefully one day carries astronauts on it and is expected to launch later in the year. This year, we'll also see another round of robotic missions to Mars. In February, three different nations will have spacecrafts on Mars or in its orbit, including the United Arab Emirates, China, and the United States. For the UAE, this is their first ever interplanetary mission, and it's due to enter orbit on February 9th. China's Tianwen-1 will enter the Martian orbit a few weeks later before deploying a rover to the planet's surface, where it will join the U.S.'s Perseverance rover, which is due to touch down on February 18th. In March, India will launch its third lunar mission, Chandrayaan-3. The first two in the program lost satellite contact, but was also one of the first to confirm the presence of water on the moon. Chandrayaan-3 is returning to the south pole of the moon, where there are thought to be several deposits of subsurface water ice. And a final thing to look out for this year is the much-delayed launch of the successor to the Hubble Space Telescope, the James Webb Telescope. Due to launch on Halloween, the Webb Telescope will be focusing on light from very far-off galaxies, hopefully providing insight on how the very first stars and planetary systems formed, some of the mysteries on the origins of life, and searching exoplanet atmospheres for signs of life. So a lot to look forward to in space news this year as we continue prodding the universe for answers.
In the 1960s and 70s, the CIA ran something called the Corona Mission. Sadly, for today's conspiracy theorists, it has nothing to do with the pandemic that we currently face or even other coronaviruses like the common cold. No, it was a covert Cold War mission using satellites to take reconnaissance photos of the Soviet Union with the aim of gleaning information about the large nation's military supplies and readiness. It was the first time satellite reconnaissance had been done from space, and it took them a dozen tries before it actually worked. Several satellites didn't make it to orbit, others experienced camera failures. It was quite a feat at the time. Scientists had to figure out how to design a camera and film that could withstand the air pressure and radiation in space. But in August 1960, the first successful satellite passed eight times over the Soviet Union, taking 20 pounds worth of film and depositing it in midair via parachute parachute through the atmosphere into a waiting Air Force plane below, the first photography ever recovered from orbit. Over the next 12 years and 145 missions, the Corona program would take nearly a million photos, improving in quality over time. The Corona program was declassified in 1995, and since then has taken on a new life, assisting archaeologists and environmentalists in piecing together the history of landscapes and digging into many mysteries of our natural environment. While 1960 may not seem like that long ago, to some of us, prior to the declassification of the corona spy photos, the oldest satellite imagery most scientists had to work with dated back to the 1980s at the very oldest, and most were much more recent. Quoting the New York Times, Paired with modern computing, the space-based snapshots have helped archaeologists identify ancient sites, demonstrated how craters left by American bombs during the Vietnam War became fish ponds, and recounted World War II's reshaping of Eastern Europe's tree cover. Often, Corona's 60s-era snapshots captured habitats before humans dramatically inundated, paved over, plowed up, or developed wild spaces into new cities, hydroelectric dams, farmland, or industrial zones. The images even challenged our assumptions about untouched ecosystems, revealing more than once that presumed old-growth forests are actually younger than 70 years old, end quote. Harvard archaeologist Jason Ur calls them, quote, the best military, taxpayer-funded success that no one knows about, end quote. But for how much they're assisting scientists now, their usage to provide insights on environmental matters is not unprecedented. In fact, it was being done in secret within the walls of the CIA itself starting just a few years before the corona program was declassified, thanks to the guiding hand of scientist Linda Zoll and a well-timed letter from Vice President Al Gore. Zoll was already working with the CIA in 1991 when the Soviet Union collapsed. As a liaison between the CIA and Washington's secret team of elite scientists, the Jasons. With the fall of the Soviet Union, all spy programs and resources were being reconsidered. Zoll pushed for the satellites to be maintained for environmental study, but it wasn't a popular idea. But between a comprehensive report penned by Zoll and pressure from then-Tennessee Senator Al Gore, the CIA was finally convinced and established a large team with the intention of cracking many environmental mysteries. Using photos from Corona and its later counterparts, Zoll led a team of 70 elite scientists as they combed through decades of photos, producing hundreds of studies and reports on planetary shifts in snowfall, blizzards, sea ice, and glaciers. 
One of their biggest discoveries? Images that showed the extent to which the polar ice caps were retreating, a prime example of the types of photos the spies didn't care about but which environmental scientists coveted. The program, run by Zoll, named Medea, kept up in various carnations through 2015 but has since shuttered. In its place, however, are scientists around the world using the images from the original Corona program and later images from Medea to shed light on thorny questions across an array of disciplines. And while it was slow going for a long time due to the complications with scanning, correcting, and orienting images, more recent software has finally been developed to make the whole process go a lot more quickly and accurately. And if you want to dig into the history and science of the Corona program a bit more, there is a film produced by the CIA at the time that you can watch on YouTube. It's titled A Point in Time, The Corona Story, which honestly could be the title of someone's short film about 2020. But anyways, link to that in the show notes. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casino's Play It Again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash. And see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com PA3 today and play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as non-withdrawable casino online site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. When someone mentions the Dark Ages, your brain likely conjures up images of people living in squalor, lacking most of the basic necessities and civil rights as a feudal lord commands all with an iron fist. Maybe you straight up picture scenes from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Or, if you have bad taste like me, the 2003 film adaptation of Michael Crichton's Timeline. The Dark Ages were so dubbed to reflect a period of little cultural, artistic, and scientific development during a poor economy and surge of epidemics following the decline of the Roman Empire. But the term itself, the Dark Ages, has fallen out of favor with historical experts as we continue to learn more and more about the period. In fact, Discover Magazine argues that part of what makes the Dark Ages dark is, quote, the relative lack of surviving information, end quote, as opposed to any connotations about the culture itself. Alban Gaudier, a professor of medieval history at the University of Cannes, Normandy, agrees from a historical preservation standpoint. Quoting again, While the Romans were excellent record keepers, historical texts and documents are comparatively scarce, starting with the 5th century and for several hundred years thereafter. It's dark for historians. It's difficult for historians to understand what happened, he says, end quote. And it's also important to point out that while the origins of the term aren't exactly known, it was certainly used frequently in the 19th century in Europe and America, who pointed to an era of simplicity and hardship sandwiched between the great achievements of the Roman Empire and the Enlightenment, and by contrast saw it as barbarian. And this sort of judgment passed on another way of life, especially considering the imperialism of the day, makes the term a little tough to swallow for many. Especially because there was quite a bit of arts and cultural development and scholarship going on at the time. I mean, much of it in Europe was founded by the Catholic Church with a certain agenda, yes, but it was still happening. In fact, monks were busy copying down texts from the Roman period, helping to preserve them for the future. 
Some scholars also believe it's during this period that we get the first known references to King Arthur and Beowulf. And, quoting Discover, Another common characteristic associated with the Dark Ages is the relative lack of monumental architecture. Towns and cities no longer built new stone structures, and the slow deterioration of Roman infrastructure such as aqueducts likely had an effect on quality of life in cities, Godier says. Populations of major cities like Rome and Constantinople shrank in this period, but Godier believes rural life may have actually improved, especially in the largely bucolic British Isles. During the Roman period, farmers would have had to pay regular taxes to support the empire and local cities, but as administration fell apart, the tax burden likely diminished, end quote. And maybe Europe didn't come up with as many technological innovations during that time that we know of, because again, the written record is quite sparse. This was, though, a period of great innovation in Islamic nations in the southern Mediterranean, and while that lack of written record does in some ways indicate a period of hardship and economic downturn, there's an ever-increasing amount of archaeological evidence shedding light on this period, especially during lockdown as metal detector hobbyists keep turning up medieval artifacts across the UK. And as for another assumption about the Dark Ages, that it was a time of horrific violence and unending misery, nasty, brutish, and short, more or less, well, Brian Ward Perkins, an Oxford professor, says, quote, the idea that's completely out of fashion these days is that it was dark because it was morally worse. But these days, everybody pretty much accepts that humans are pretty horrid all the time. End quote. Apparently, like many of us, David Hasselhoff has been spending his lockdown cleaning out his closets and getting rid of belongings that no longer spark joy. Only, in his case, such belongings include not only autographed Baywatch merch, trophies, and Knight Rider jackets, but also a 14-foot replica of his upper body used in the Spongebob movie. Pictured Macy's Parade balloon style on its stomach with its jeering face staring deep into your soul, the replica is eerily lifelike with human passing hair and realistic eye crinkles. I mean, this was made by film professionals, so it's high quality, but that almost makes it worse. It's like a supersized Madame Tussauds sculpture, but seemingly without calves and feet. I was first alerted to this auction last night on Twitter by Andy Anatko, who tweeted, quote, I'm not curious about how much this realistic three-times life-size David Hasselhoff prop from the Spongebob movie makes at auction. I'm more eager to know which YouTuber inevitably buys it and how they intend to use it in a video, end quote. Which, you know, same. I'm currently picturing some type of collab with the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton, now, if you simply don't have the space for a 14-foot-tall David Hasselhoff replica at the moment, there are plenty of other items on offer in the auction. There's some autographed red swim trunks, also from the SpongeBob movie, not his original Baywatch days, though you can get an original Baywatch clapboard from 1998 and a signed surfboard. There is quite a lot of fan art and custom Hoff-themed merch. There's costumes from his run as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, a ton of signed scripts, even his certificate from getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The biggest get, though, is his personal kit Knight Rider car, which, if it makes enough money in the auction, he says he will personally deliver to the buyer. Why is he auctioning all of this off? All he says is that a portion of proceeds is going to some of his charities, but which ones and how much of the proceeds are going to them is unclear. 
Maybe the dude's hard up for cash? Maybe he really was just getting rid of old stuff and decided to do a little good instead of just taking it all to the dump. Whatever the reason, I'm just glad that I now have the image in my head of David Hasselhoff asking the Spongebob producers if it was alright if he took the 14-foot replica of himself home with him. That is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go price out 14-foot-long storage units in my neighborhood. No reason. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.